Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. Thanks so much, Alvia. Um, wow. Mary, I just want to say that every week when you tell the story, it moves in my heart. <laughs> so thank you so much for that story. And uh, yeah, uh, one of the things that uh, as we were doing that prayer of confession and repentance that really rose up in me is that, um, yeah, I can just I can just be such a... Um, grumpy, complaining person. I think I've confessed that to you guys once before here. I'm just saying it again because I long so often for things to be the way they were. Um, One of the hardest things for me is that, you know, my kids, I don't get to spend time or body contact with these children that I love so very much. And then there's all of you. And um, I miss you. I miss you all so, so, so much. And yeah, so let's let's begin talking about this scripture. We're continuing the book of Galatians. Last week, uh, we heard from Ryan, and he he grabbed chapters one to three. He taught out of uh, the third chapter. I am going to teach out of chapter five today, Galatians chapter five. And yesterday, yesterday we celebrated the Fourth of July. Uh, And it was the weirdest celebration ever because I saw no fireworks, even though I kept trying, but I heard a lot of them. Um, But the 4th of July on that day in 1776, the then 13 states, they declared their independence, their freedom from England and King George III. And I'm going to read you the preamble to the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is, this is such a biblical statement. Men, mankind, men and women, born equally in the image of our God who gave us, who gave us those rights, We were birthed with the right to life, liberty, and freedom. And for us as a country, this has not become the reality. As we continue to see and hear um, protests, protests in the streets, stories of of no justice, (laughs) and uh, still these words, these words that ring in that preamble are an ideal. They're a not yet that we as Christians are in a season of hopefully rectifying as we move forward with anti-racism learning. And one of the things that I'm seeing more and more for myself is there's, there's a lot of unlearning that, that I have to do and that I get to do. Um, this would be, if, if we were at LBCF right now, and I so wish we were and we're not, and, uh, but if we were at LBCF right now, this would be a place where I would like step out of that podium And I would walk and I would want to see all of your faces because I would want to tell you a story right now. And I'm going to tell you the story, but I'm still sitting in this chair in my office at home. So I am an accidental immigrant to the United States. I say accidental because it was my mother and grandmother that wanted to come to America. It wasn't me. I was a girl of about seven and I I was pretty content living exactly where it was that I lived. 
but I had no say in that at all. So immigrant, immigrate, we did. And I came to America in a very bumpy airplane and in some really strange ways, planes, boats, and trains. Um, and I came to Los Angeles finally after a lot of travel time. And everything was so different. Strange customs, strange language, strange clothing. When I started school, I realized how different everything was. And everything in me just wanted to fit in. I mean, I, I wanted to be like everybody else. Uh, I was wearing, you guys, I had like little things that held up my long stockings that were coming down from my waist. And I had woolen handmade clothes. It was weird. I was weird. I was very, very different. What I knew is I didn't fit in. Um, I was not a part of this place that I had come to. I needed to know what the rules were. Uh, I remember a time when I went to my mother and I said, please, please, please buy me new clothes because I just can't look so different anymore. And I remember her hearing me. And uh, while we had no money at all, we were, we were poor immigrants. Um, she was able to buy me some new clothes. And then I remember I had a specific turtleneck and a jumper that I wore constantly because it made me feel American. It made me feel apart. When I was 12, I became a citizen of the United States. I went to a courthouse in Los Angeles and I swore my allegiance, my loyalty to America. And then after that, you know, even before that, I think we said the Pledge of Allegiance at school all the time. Listen to the words of that pledge. It says, I pledge allegiance to my flag and the country for which it stands, one nation, under God wasn't added till 54, indivisible, undivided, with liberty and justice for all. Words very, very similar. Now I was an American. And I felt like an American, and I knew the rules. I knew how to be that. I lost my accent. I only spoke German at home. Anyone looking at me would have known who I was. I was an American. But there came another time when my heart was so captured, killed, killed me by the knowledge that Jesus loved me, that I remember getting down on my knees in my kitchen and pledging allegiance again, loyalty again. But this time, the loyalty was to a different kingdom. It was to Jesus, and it was to the kingdom of God on earth. Again, I wanted to fit in, and I searched for the rules. And I found them. And I became a really, really great rule follower. I patted myself on the back many times because I had all these great biblical formulas, you know, that I lived my life with. I learned strategies. I believed that the formulas and the rules were going to get me what I wanted. I want to emphasize that, what I wanted. Heaven for me, for my family, my children. I wanted my children to remain pure, be virgins until they married. <sighs> to always follow Jesus, to always go to church. My husband and I, we were supposed to have this idyllic marriage because I was going to, yeah, let him be in charge of me. Um, my friends and I, we would never disagree. We would never part ways. There's a huge spoiler alert here. 
because over and over again, God has brought me to my knees to confess my own wanting those rules to control life, to confess that I have made God too small and many other confessions. And each time I vowed to pick up the rhythms of living with the Spirit in grace and trust, and so many times I've moved back to the rules. Last week, I would be going back to the podium right here, just so you know. Last week, Ryan beautifully and eloquently taught on Galatians 3, verses 26 through 29. He titled his teaching, Living in the Reality of Our Oneness. Oneness is the same as being equal. It's another word for unity. We are, after all, the United States, and united we stand, divided we fall, which comes from Patrick Henry's last speech. But right before that, he says this. He says, let us trust God and our better judgment to set us right, because united we stand. As Christians who've just pondered Paul's words that in Christ, we pondered this last week, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, etc. We're called to stand in unity and equality with all of our brothers and sisters. Let me say that again, all of our brothers and sisters, as they and we strive together to bring the words from our Declaration of Independence and our Pledge of Allegiance and those words that we speak when we're on our knees into reality. And so here's the bottom line, guys. I think we're being called to die. Not from COVID, I hope. Please, God, no. And yet there is something in this season that while nothing in me believes that God caused this season, everything in me believes that he will use this season. Old ways of distancing and distracting ourselves from life, from the world, from our pain, from our loneliness, you know, they're gone. They've fallen away. No more soothing, disassociating, rewarding, except with chocolate and cookies that we make at home because we're either at work or we're at home or some of us like me, we're working at home and we never really go anywhere at all. Um, but there was a time in my life when I was able to go from appointment to appointment using my car. And as I drove to one appointment and left another, maybe, maybe, we, maybe the, car, the talk had been hard. Maybe the conversation had been difficult. Maybe it made me sad. Maybe it made me angry. Maybe I didn't like it. So, hey, I would just hop into the line at the closest Starbucks, and, you know, I'd get the pink drink, and I would feel a lot better. I would, you know, tell myself, yeah, it was really okay. You deserve this, Barb. Um, you've done such a good job here. You, you deserve this. I would just soothe myself a little bit, disconnect from what was all around me. Also, I spent a ton of time pulling into the parking lot at Marshall's, and Marshalls, Home Goods, places that I loved, I could dissociate uh, before I even walked in the doors of the store, grab my cart, go up and down those aisles. <sighs> Again, um, not being present with maybe what was going on for me. I would say mainly not being present with loneliness, but I'm home now and I'm driving nowhere and the loneliness lives in me. And 
contemplation lives in me. And I wonder, could God, in this space that I have been given, that you've been given as well, could God be inviting us to die? To die so that we can truly live. To die to old selves and old ways. To allow God to grow us. Making our hearts bigger. I loved what I loved what Mary says. We can't spill. we can't spill what isn't already in the glass, and to transform us by the renewing of our minds, especially now that God has our attention. I think that um, He's causing us all to ponder who He is, who we are what rules we follow, what we believe, how we play out our faith, why we play it out, even to transform what freedom looks like. Again, I think we're being called to die so that we can truly live in equality, in love, in freedom, on purpose, for His purposes. Where do I need to die? Where do you need to die? So let's turn to Scripture. Let's read it together. And I'm going to invite you guys to read it aloud with me. There's something about saying the words, those God-breathed, inspired words for yourself. And it's going to show on the screen. Andrew's going to put screens up. I think there's three of them of the Scripture. And let's read together. So Christ has truly set us free. Now, make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you're counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, You have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressed in love. I'm going to read that again. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Again, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And now here's Paul's list. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again 
as I have before. Anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. The word of the Lord. You guys, in so many ways, that that entire chapter is an ideal. It's what we're always going for. It's like in the old days when we were on the merry-go-round and there was a gold ring that we would reach for and it would meant we would got a free ride or another ride, you know, and it wasn't easy to reach that ring. These things are not easy. What God is calling us to is not easy. And it's crazy because what he's calling us to is freedom. Earlier in Galatians chapter 2, Paul confronts Peter and he tells them, people are not justified by works of the Torah, by the law. They are justified through right relationship. And that's actually what the word justified means. It means relationship with God. So only in trusting what God did through Jesus, that, yeah, that's, that's who we are meant to be as a people. And I am so, so aware, as you've heard, that the rules are so much easier than trusting. Why then was there a law? Why was it ever put in place? Well, it was given at Sinai when the people were wandering in the desert. They were making idols, uh, golden calves. They were dissing God. They were saying, send us back to Egypt. Life was better when I was in bondage and a slave. And uh, if you read the law carefully... It was always intended to be temporary. In fact, um, after after the gathering this morning, go to Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 34. Read that the law was temporary. The law pronounced Israel guilty. The law pronounces us guilty. When I was a little girl and I wanted to look like the American kids, I was guilty of not thinking that who I was is enough, something I'm still guilty of. What about you? The law also kept Israel in line. Rules. Isn't it easier to try to follow them? But then Jesus came. (laughs) Upended everything in a new covenant. A new covenant through Jesus. God's blessing comes to all. Capital letters. A-L-L. Regardless of ethnicity, social standing, color, gender, etc., It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. And notice that the chapter we just read, chapter 5, begins with that word, free. It's what the writers of the Declaration of Independence were wanting from England. It's what all of us want. Now, what does it mean, free? My, My first thought is that free means it doesn't cost anything. Yet I am aware that the free or the freedom that Paul is talking about here costs me everything. It will, it will cost us everything. It will cost us our lives because the invitation today is to die. 
but we die so we can truly live. Next, the chapter says, don't get caught up again in slavery to the law. Don't get caught up again in the rules. Because Paul tells the Galatians, and he's telling us today, that following rules does not bring favor with God. Following rules does not connect us to Jesus Christ. Following the rules does not allow for grace, and it does not bring freedom. And what is important is faith. Faith so different from certainty, and it's the reality of what we hope for, Hebrews 11.1, 1, and faith expresses itself best in love. And remember the call to freedom? It's meant to be used to serve one another in love. All of the others in love. Some versions actually um, say that it's freedom to become a slave to loving others. Such slavery is not bondage at all. It's kind of an ironic exercise of true freedom in Christ. And then Paul goes on to say that the whole law is summarized in love your neighbor as yourself. And then the question is always, who is my neighbor? Who is your neighbor? And I'm not talking about the person that lives next door to you. Um, he also then, you know, he puts this warning out there, don't bite and devour each other, because that does not bring freedom. Have you guys been looking at your Facebook posts, Instagram, Twitter? Um, there is a war happening out there in Cyberland. It's it's painful. It's pitting Christian against Christian. And yet the Bible says that we will know we are Christians by our love. But if I am looking at my Facebook, I actually know you're a Christian by the way that you disagree with your brother or sister. We, we have the sense that what we believe is right. Um, and what happens when we think we're right is we make someone else wrong. I just want to read some of those words in that list in verse 19 again. When we follow the desires of our sinful nature, and oh my gosh, they're so easy to follow. The results are clear. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, and other sins. This is not freedom, it's not love, it's not equality. Freedom never, love never, gives us the license to behave badly. What have we done with our freedom? And what have we through faith been freed to do? We have been given the freedom to let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. The freedom to serve one another in love. And actually, if we persist in these sins, we may not inherit the kingdom of God. Then there's this beautiful metaphor about fruit and fruit trees. I love, I have a lot of fruit trees in my backyard. Uh, some of them were here when we moved in 26, 27 years ago now. Some of them, many of them we planted. But guess what? They didn't produce fruit right after we planted them or the next year, or the next year. They took forever to produce fruit. 
And sometimes the first years, the fruit wasn't so good. And it was small, and there was only a few fruit there. Fruit, that delicious bowl of fruit that Mary offered us, it's a delicious result of long-term growth and cultivation. The metaphor in Galatians 5 tells us that God cares about the kind of people we are becoming. It is a journey. It's not what we're doing today, and it is. It's what, what we're going to do. It's the reason we just confessed and repented. We're on a journey. We're on a journey to produce that fruit. It's interesting, again, last week, Ryan told us that Paul was 29 when he became, you know, aware that Jesus Christ was Lord. But by the time he wrote this letter to the Galatians, he was 43. 14 years of learning to bear good fruit. And it's a journey of dying, allowing the uglies, the bitter parts, the judgments, the jealousies, the envy places to fall to the ground, letting those seeds fall away from us so that they can die and fertilize good soil, good roots, and that we would become those trees um, who bear good fruit. And in time, we get to cultivate love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It takes a lifetime. I'm not done. You're not done. But there is an ideal in place here, and there is no law against this. We are free. We are freed to produce this fruit. And this fruit is not just for other Christians or our families or our friends. If we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in every facet of life, we offer these fruits wherever we are to whomever we find ourselves with. The first fruit is love. And we know from Corinthians that in the end, it's only love that remains. Love, the first fruit and the last fruit. Unless we're willing to die to ideas, to rules that are no longer useful, to ideologies, we cannot truly live. No love, no freedom. No freedom, no equality, no new fruit. I want to, I want to challenge us to die together as a community, learning to live and love like Jesus. And with Jesus Christ, be raised to be those kingdom bringers um, to everyone that we encounter. And what we bring is love, freedom, equality. May it be on earth as it is in heaven. I ask the question one more time. What have we done with our freedom? Amen. We hope this teaching has encouraged and challenged you. We always have more resources available at our website, lbcf.org. And wherever you are and wherever you're listening, we pray you be filled with grace to learn to live in love like Jesus.